This podcast is brought to you by Likeable Media. Likeable Media produces and distributes content across the social web for mid to large size brands. Visit them at likeable.com. Welcome to All the Social Ladies with CEO of Likeable Media, Carrie Kerpin. Now, Carrie Kerpin. One of my favorite things on All the Social Ladies is when I hear someone's passion that starts on the side and is able to be turned into a full-time career. I love the story from Leah Zanimer, who works on the brand team at WeWork. She just started pinning on the side when she was at Scholastic out of pure passion for the brands that she worked on. Next thing you know, she was working in social media. Take a listen. Welcome, Leah, to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I am very excited to be here. I'm so excited. And as you know, I'm a big fan of WeWork. I think you guys are revolutionizing uh, work for freelancers and for lots of people I know who have worked from home and have had lots of challenges. You've created a real community there, which is amazing. Thank you. That's absolutely our goal. So happy to hear it. (laughs) Yay. Okay. So before we get into WeWork though, I want to talk a little bit about you, Leah. So I want to know how you got to where you are today at WeWork. Tell me the story of your career. You can start as early as like what you wanted to be when you grow up to how you got to where you are today. So I grew up in a small town in Colorado and growing up, my three big passions were reading, writing, and performing. So I was always an avid reader. I used to get in trouble for reading under the covers late at night with a flashlight, bringing <laughs> books to the dinner table. Um, and then as a writer, I would lock myself away. We had this old typewriter and I would just sit and write poetry um, using the colored Crayolas in the box as inspiration. So I would write poems about each of the crayons. So I love that. It's a little nerdy, but uh, did you have I, a favorite color? Did you have a favorite Crayola color? Because mine was, I think, Periwinkle was like. I remember. I ooh, good choice. I remember liking the poem about burnt Sierra, but I actually I couldn't even tell you what that color looks like. Oh, so. it's like I know it. I know it from the crayon box. It's like, <laughs> of course, because I have young kids. It's like a um, like a brownish orange. It's really oh, so funny. I mean, that's probably not the color I would choose today. But uh, so I definitely had an imaginative, creative childhood. And my parents were wonderful about encouraging my sister and me to think outside the box and to explore our imaginations and really explore that creativity. So I feel very lucky in that regard. So in addition to reading and writing, my other passion was performing. So my sister and I were both very into musical theater. And from the time I was a little girl, I always knew that that's what my ultimate goal was, was to be on Broadway. So everything leading up to college for me was really centered on reading, writing, performing. Um, So we would go to theater camp in the summers and um, we kind of always knew that I would want to pursue a career as an actress. So I ended up studying English and theater at the University of Pennsylvania, sort of not surprising that those two childhood passions ended up being my college majors. Awesome. And yeah, it was a wonderful experience. I loved Philadelphia. 
And coming from Colorado, it was my first time really spending a significant amount of time on the East Coast. And I just, I fell in love with it and knew that my goal post-college was to move to New York City and sort of live out that dream of being in the Big Apple and auditioning. So I lucked out with very supportive parents who said, you know, take a year, explore this, see if it's really what you want to do. And so I kind of, you know, they talk about... (laughs) these small town kids with big dreams moving to the city and pounding the pavement. And it honestly was a bit like that. I worked a bunch of odd jobs and worked as a production assistant for several off-Broadway shows, sort of getting my feet wet, auditioning during the day, working as much as I could on the side to learn the industry and had some really wonderful opportunities working for small nonprofit theater companies. But after about a year and a half, Uh, realized that auditioning is really, really difficult, as one would expect. And much as I loved theater, it just, the process of constantly feeling rejected and not having health insurance. And, you know, it was a lot of discouraging um, feedback. Yeah, it's a very, it's a very, very hard life. And it's a good lesson to learn early. You know, it's good that you tried it early in your career. It is. And I'm so thankful for that. And I have tons of friends that stuck with it and I respect them all the more for it. But I just realized that I'm pretty type A and I like my routine and I like knowing what's next. And so for me, it made sense to try to transition into something a little more stable. Um, So through a family friend, I ended up with an interview at Scholastic, um, the children's publishing company. And so a lot of people know them for those book fairs that we had as kids in elementary school where they come to school. So we still do, or they still do, scholastic book fairs. Um, And the company publishes books like Harry Potter and The Hunger Games and Babysitter's Club. And so as a child, one of my other passions obviously was reading. And for me, it was a dream come true to be in this environment where we were so focused on these iconic series. And it was a great learning opportunity to be day-to-day involved with such an iconic brand in terms of their mission. And they'd been around Mm. for over 90 years. And you said the name Scholastic, and immediately people had this association with Scholastic book clubs or Scholastic book fairs or Clifford the Big Red Dog. And so it, it was a wonderful experience. I had the opportunity to start on the events team and worked on internal and external productions and then from there made the move. So was that like bringing your favorite books to life? Like when you're working on the events team, what do you it do was, there? It was. So I actually, funnily enough, uh, got to play Emily Elizabeth in a Stop live it. podcast. Yeah, a live broadcast of Clifford the Big Red Dog's birthday, which was amazing. And meet Norman Bridwell, who was the author of uh, Clifford the Big Red Dog. Dude, so it's sort really of. Did- combine actually for this like to be your first big job out of school like it really did combine your two passions it really did and I'm yeah it did I never really thought I would end up in that place but um you know it's funny in college I don't think I even knew what corporate communications was right and it's embarrassing to say but we didn't you know, we didn't have social media when I was in college, really. We were using BlackBerry Messenger. BBMing was all the rage. And uh, it wasn't until, you know, I remember Facebook rolled out right before I started college. And then I remember my freshman year, they rolled out the photo album feature. And I remember, I, you know, Instagram wasn't around when I was in college. So it wasn't until around 2008 that brands even started using social media for 
their companies. So okay. I luckily graduated right at the tail end of that. So brands had sort of just started in 2009 to really develop their presence um, with social. So it was an opportune time. But at Scholastic, that actually was how I got interested in social media for a brand. Um, at the time, I had been working on this the events team, but as a little side project, um, I had discovered Pinterest. It was probably around 2011, right around a year or so after Pinterest had started. It was still relatively new and not many brands were using it. And just playing around on Pinterest, I saw a lot of case studies for Scholastic. So in my spare time after work, I started creating Pinterest boards with everything from books and book-like inspiration to Harry Potter fandom to vintage copies of Scholastic News magazine. Sort of put together these Pinterest boards and brought them to our head of our internal communications and social media team as a proposal. And that was sort of my foray into the corporate communications team. Wow. Um, so you just really started it by doing it on the side as something you found interesting and you were passionate about, and it kind of turned into your entrance into the world of corporate communications. Exactly. And I never would have guessed that that's where it would take me. I just knew that this was a really exciting new tool and it seemed like there could be a business case to be made for it. So ended up getting to spearhead our Pinterest presence on the corporate communications side, which was great, and worked as a publicist, a junior publicist in the corp comms department for about a year. Um, and it was great. I learned so much. Our team there was incredibly talented, and I got to work on the nonprofit side for the Scholastic Art and Writing Awards, doing PR for them. And they're the nonprofit branch of Scholastic that does art and writing grants for students grades seven through 12. Um, so that was huge and that I was able to then sort of reflect on my time as a student artist or someone in the creative industry growing up who didn't necessarily feel that there was an outlet for that creative work that I was producing. So it all wow. came full circle in that sense, which I feel very lucky about. And then that's incredible. Yeah, it was it was great. And then from there moved to the internal communications and social media team at Scholastic. So I was writing content daily for our intranet, our internal newsletter that went out to employees, I was drafting memos and corporate reports and um, really learning to hone the brand voice and communicate not only internally, but then across all of our social media channels. So I worked with two other women on our social media team to create all of the content on Scholastic's corporate social channels. So that was an audience of probably about 11 million combined. So wow. it was huge. And I feel really lucky that I got to experience that growth and get to see it happened at a time when people were saying that the book industry was going under. And here we were proving that there's actually this whole other audience in the digital space that's incredibly interested in these topics. I and love that this all started in my mind, like listening to your story, it really all started from a, a spark within you around Pinterest that you started kind of playing with it and discovered your interest. And then it sort of drove your career in that direction. Absolutely. Love that. Okay. So what'd you do after that? So <laughs> so at the time, so while I was at Scholastic, my sister actually, she had graduated um, from school in Boston. She was living in Boston working for a health company. 
And she found a job listing on a sorority message board that said, hey, does anyone want to work at a small startup in NYC? Click this link. And she was like, well, I do. Sure. So she clicked a link. She ended up at this little startup called WeWork. And no one in our family really understood what it was. We were like, you want to do what? You want to do collaborative workspace? What does that, you know, what does that mean? And she was like, no, no, trust me, it's amazing. So she, we'd heard from her for a while that this company was growing, it was expanding, it, she loved the work environment. And When she, she got there, how many people were there? It must have been very small. She was within their first hundred employees. Wow. So it was still very small. Um, so she was helping to manage one of our New York City locations, I want to say the third or fourth one. And, you know, she raved about it, but I hadn't really considered making a move. And then she called me at one point and said, look, they're hiring a social media manager here. And I think this could be really fun to do together. And I think you would love it. What do you think about just coming in for an informational interview? You don't have to make, you know, any moves, just come see it. And now before you go on, I have to know, did you have any hesitations about potentially working with your sister? Or you were like, no way, this is perfect. I need to know because I'm thinking about my girls, my (laughs) daughters. I'm like, what if my, if Charlotte said, I have a job for you, Kate, come over. Like if she would be excited or she would be like, no way, that's your thing. Bye. I need to know your reaction. It's so funny. So I'm the older sister. So a lot of the time growing up, it had been my sister, Lenny saying, no, I don't want to do that because Leah's doing that. So I want to do my own thing. Or it was us doing everything identically and me trying to make her pretend like we were twins. I would dress us alike. I would boss her around. I would. What's your age difference? We're three years. Okay. So luckily we ended up as adults coming out on the side of being incredibly close. So I knew that working with her would be amazing to get to work with her would be a dream come true. So I ended up taking the interview just to meet the team and see what it was like. And the second I, you know, set foot in the WeWork space at the time we were, our headquarters was at 222 Broadway down in the Mm -hmm. financial district, um, which is now our city hall location. But the second I set foot in the space, there was just something about that energy that was palpable and just the hustle and the enthusiasm. You can tell everyone there was so driven and exciting. Excuse me. Everyone there was so driven and excited about what they were doing. I was hooked immediately. I mean, I knew nothing about real estate, nothing about collaborative workspace, (laughs) nothing about technology. And here I was being like, yep, this is what I want to be a part of. But Um, you knew about social media. And so you could be a value to them. Like that's very clear that you would come in and know how to really use social media to help them effectively. But you had a lot to learn about the industry itself. I think that's one of the important lessons, right? It's like sometimes we worry, oh, we don't know enough about this particular industry. But in reality, you know about a tool that they're using. And that's something that's really highly coveted and important. Absolutely. And I remember reading this statistic. I think it was from Harvard Business Review about how women apply for jobs only if they meet 100% of the criteria, whereas men will more likely apply if they meet about 60%. 60%. Yep. And you know, I, I'm so grateful that <laughs> this opportunity presented itself and that I actually applied, you know, not being at 100% confidence. I think that that's always the goal is to push yourself outside your comfort zone or else what's the point at Absolutely. that point we stop learning. Okay. So you get in and you get hired at WeWork. Tell me about what you're doing there and the impact that social has on the WeWork business. 
So at WeWork, they had not had a dedicated full-time social media manager before I came on board. Um, The woman who was running our social channels is a rock star. She was also doing another job full-time, as many do in a startup. So it was a cool opportunity to come in and create this brand new role and begin to actually put some thought and effort and strategy behind our social content. And we do have an active presence as we work on all of the major social media platforms. And it was not a brand with a 90-year history. It was an opportunity to take a brand that was five years old and figure out how we wanted to translate that. So Um, you were able to basically start from scratch, right? You're looking at it, you're like, okay, here we go. Relatively new company, relatively new onto social platforms. You've been doing it a little bit, but we can take a total fresh look and fresh approach. Exactly. And luckily there were a lot of great foundations in place when I started. Um, The channels had all been set up really well. There was already a lot of thought and attention paid to how we would provide and create content for these various channels. So it made it easy to step in and be able to take it to the next level. Um, So my manager is fantastic, super smart, has been with the company for about four years now and really has a sense of the brand and of the mission. And so just the more time I was able to spend on the brand team, which is where our organic social media team sits, um, the more we were able to really get a sense of the feel, the way we speak with our members, the way we talk about our community. And for us, our goal across all of our social channels is to mirror the experience that our members get to have in person, physically, day to day. So for those who aren't really familiar with WeWork, essentially what we do is we provide the tools and resources and services that people need in order to create meaningful connections in their work life and their personal lives. So everyone from a startup to a small business or entrepreneurs, freelancers, we consider all of these folks to be what we call creators. And it's our mission to help these creators get to a place where we're all working together and collaborating globally to create meaningful work. And I think there's been this you know, macro shift in the way we work in years past where No longer is it about kind of clocking in at nine and checking out at five and just leaving work at the office. There's this greater blend of making your work life and your personal life come together and create something that's meaningful to you. So in this mission, you know, we really want to be a part of something that's greater than ourselves. It's greater than the day to day clocking in, clocking out and So what we can do is take care of as many of the logistics as possible. So from internet to mail service to coffee and tea, sort of providing people day to day with the things that they need in order to run their business so that they don't have to think about it and then they can focus on creating their life's work. So on the social side, we want to mirror that as closely as possible. So for Mm. us, that means treating our online community as we would the members of our physical spaces. So 
each of our spaces has an on-site community manager who interacts day-to-day with the members. There are actually several community managers per location. So they interact with the members. They get to know them by name. They know their businesses. They know what they do. They know what their goals are. They help them network. So let's say I'm a member in one of our London locations and I am starting a business and I'm looking for a graphic designer. I might be able to connect them with someone in a different market or even a different country who is a graphic designer who's looking for some freelance work. So they're sort of master networking helpers. Um, So our goal on the social side then is to really get to know the people interacting with our brand and say, oh, we recognize this person from Twitter. They're a member at our location in Shanghai, and we want to connect them with this member in Amsterdam or this member in New York tweets at us all the time. We could really use them as an influencer to help us grow our following because they are also a yoga teacher and maybe we want to do a focus on wellness. So we're constantly looking at our audience for sources of inspiration and connection and really interacting with them to better build our brand and tell our member stories. It sounds like you have the ability based on like your members and the knowledge you have about them to make the social media really personal, which is great. It's our goal for sure. We have an online magazine called Creator Magazine, and in it we feature a bunch of different members from different locations who are creating awesome products and companies and really changing the way the world works, whether it's revolutionizing the healthcare space or the entertainment industry or technology. They're just people across the board who are disrupting their respective industries. And it's part of our goal to be able to highlight those member stories and give our members the support and kudos that they so richly deserve. And you mentioned before that your organic social team sits on the brand side. Do you handle paid social in an entirely different capacity or do the two work together? So they sit on separate teams, but we do work closely together, um, especially when it comes to larger campaigns to make sure that we're effectively measuring our results and reaching our goals. But they do sit separately day to day. Um, On the brand social side, we're more, our focus is on brand awareness and telling the brand story and highlighting our members and their accomplishments. And then on the paid acquisition side, we're more focused on actually putting the dollars behind our campaigns and our ads. Very interesting. And what network would you say has been the most effective for you in terms of meeting your goals when you're looking at all of the social networks across the board? So I think for us, our most effective platform has been Instagram. It's been a really, really fun visual platform for us, especially in the last few years. Um, We've just loved being able to take photography, whether it's of our members, of our spaces, or events that are happening within our community, or these cities where we're opening new locations and getting to highlight the various aspects of the community. So I think that that's been are most effective. We've experimented a bit with Instagram ads in the past yep. few months, um, and we've seen great results from that. Oh, that's then, great. Yeah, it's super exciting. And I think that for us too, Facebook is constantly our steady companion. <laughs> um, we have, you know, put a lot of time and energy into cultivating our community there as well. And so I think that we, though Instagram is the hot topic at the moment, and it's exciting and compelling and reaches a broad audience, our biggest audience is still on Facebook. So we want to be sure we're paying attention to that as well. 
Okay, so we've talked about social media for WeWork. I would love to talk about social media for Leah. Leah, what do you personally, when you get home, I know working in social media, do you want to shut it off? Are you in the zone? Do you love to use it? And if so, what networks are your favorite? It's so funny. I go back and forth. It depends on the day. There are some days when I'm like, I can't look at another notification or else my head might explode. I just, I want to turn it off. And then other days where I just can't get enough. Um, and for me personally, I love Instagram and I have gotten into Instagram stories lately. For me, it was a no brainer to switch from Snapchat to Instagram stories, both personally and professionally, but I I like that you made the switch. I did. I just, I find them easier to navigate. It's not a whole separate experience. And, um, I just, I think it's, I'm really into boomerangs at the moment. So that's a lot of fun. Loving um, boomerangs. Absolutely. It's just but, so interactive. And, and uh, Instagram did do a really nice job taking all of the best elements of Snapchat and making it a little more user-friendly. Agreed. Absolutely. And then I also really like Pinterest in the sense that for me, it's not competitive. It's aspirational. And so there's no pressure to get a certain number of likes or repins or whatnot, you can sort of just experiment and visually plot out your travels or right now I'm very into decorating my apartment. So it's a fun way to gather elements for design inspiration. And I like the fact that it's all about dreaming, not about necessarily presenting yourself to the world in a certain way. I love that it all comes back to Pinterest where it all began for you, Leah. (laughs) Thank you so much for being on the show today. You are one fabulous social lady. Where can people connect with you if they want to find you? Thank you so much for having me. Um, If they want to connect with me personally, my last name is hard to pronounce, so I'll spell it out. My handle is L-I-A-Z-N-E-I-M-E-R, Leah Zanimer. And then any of the WeWork handles, we can be found on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Snapchat, we are at WeWork. Awesome. Leah, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. You've been listening to All the Social Ladies with Carrie Kerfin, CEO of Likeable Media. You can follow Carrie on Twitter, at Carrie Kerfin. To get current social media insights and great tips, sign up for Carrie's weekly newsletter by emailing newsletter at likeable.com. This podcast is brought to you by Likeable Media. Likeable Media produces and distributes content across the social web for mid to large size brands. Visit them at likeable.com.